0: Welcome to The Musical Man, the podcast that shines new light on the Tony Award for Best Musical. Each week, we examine the nominees and winners of that esteemed decoration, and this week we'll be discussing Starlight Express.
1: When your good nights have been said, and you are lying in bed, with the covers pulled up tight, and though you count every sheep, you get the Feeling that sleep is going to stay away tonight That's when you hear it coming That's when you hear the humming Of the midnight train Here again Can't explain that midnight train Yes or no? Express yes. I don't want
0: you to go
1: want you to take me away
0: but, but first how are we doing I hope this episode finds you well I want us all to be fighting in any way that we can whether it be via donating our money or our time and especially when it comes to showing up in terms of voting. We need to take back the White House, We need to flip the Senate. We need to be fighting for the legacy of people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and John Lewis. So please, please, please make sure that you have all of your ducks in a row this November and encourage all of the people in your life to do the same. Now, I do have a quick correction. A correction must be made in regards to our coverage of Pump Boys and Dinettes. And I thank Jenna for setting me straight In regards to this issue, here's the deal. Do black patent leather shoes really reflect up? Is their life after high school the first? And Marlowe were not the only shows to be snubbed all the way back in 1982. Merrily, we roll along, was also snubbed. How could I have forgotten this? We (laughs) We produced a whole episode on Merrily for the Snub Club. The official slate of 1982 nominees for best musical should have been as follows, according to me. 9. Dream Girls, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, and Merrily We Roll Along. Pump Boys deserved to be snubbed, and either Merrily or Dream Girls should have won Best Musical when all was said and done. Take your pick. It's a toss-up. You can choose between those two shows. I feel they are both very good. <laughs> that's my big That's my big observation regarding Merrily We Roll Along versus Dream Girls. They are both Very good, let's get the show facts regarding this week's subject, Starlight Express. Show me the show facts, Jonathan, okay. This week's subject was inspired by three separate Andrew Lloyd Webber projects. The first was an animated TV adaptation of Reverend W. Audrey's Railway Stories, which featured Thomas the Tank Engine among their cast of characters. A pilot was completed in 1976, But there were those who believed Audrey's stories wouldn't appeal to international audiences, and as a result, the show never went to series. This is painfully ironic, as the BBC went on to produce Thomas and Friends in 1984, and that program is still chugging along in 2020. Weber's second source of inspiration was Engine of Love, a song he wrote with Peter Reeves for Earl Jordan. Jordan's ability to impersonate a steam whistle by singing three notes at once is featured prominently on the track, where he is joined by the steam team. you uh... I tried to confirm who sang as members of the STEAM team, but this info would appear to be unavailable, alas. Engine of Love was released as a single in 1977, with another Weber and Reeves collaboration, STEAMEN, serving as its B-side. And though it failed to break onto the Billboard charts, Engine of Love was eventually sampled and revamped for the Starlight Express number, He Whistled At Me. influence for Starlight, an animated film adaptation of the Cinderella story for which all of the characters would have been represented by trains. What an atrocious idea. The movie fell into Weber's lap around the time he was composing Engine of Love, so if you're asking me, the universe needed Andrew Lloyd Webber to write about trains. Three train-related projects in three years? You can't ignore those signals, those signs? Starlight Express, a musical in which actors portray trains, talking trains, that race around on roller skates, premiered at the Apollo Victoria Theatre on March 27, 1984, and is currently the ninth longest-running production in the history of the West End having logged 7,409 performances between 1984 and its closure in 2002. You can dismiss the premise, but you can't dismiss those numbers. Audiences love Starlight Express. Maybe not as much as Cats or The Phantom of the Opera or Les Miserables, but those trains have made a firm imprint on the canon. Now let's get the show facts regarding the Broadway production of Starlight Express, shall we? Okay, Starlight Express was a 1987 nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical. It opened on March 15th, 1987 at the Gershwin Theater and ran for 761 performances. The book? We don't have a book writer, no book, N.A. The music was by Andrew Lloyd Webber, and the lyrics were by Richard Stilgo, with additional lyrics by Peter Reeves. Future productions would incorporate songs by Don Black, David Yazbek, Nick Kohler, Lauren Agulina, and Andrew Lloyd Webber's son, Alistair Lloyd Webber. The director of the original Broadway production of Starlight Express, Trevor Nunn. The musical directors were David Kaddick and Paul Bogev. The choreographer, Arlene Phillips. Scenic design, John Napier. Lighting design, David Hersey. Sound design, Martin Levin. Costume design, John Napier. Original Broadway cast, we're just gonna, (laughs) there are so many names, we're gonna give all of them to you. Oh, as a treat, we have Janet Williams-Adderley, Ken Ard, Michael Berglund, Barry K. Bernal, Paul Bonotto, Jamie Beth Chandler, A.C. Kiula, Philip Clayton, Braden Danner, Steve Fowler, William Frey, Ronald Garza, Sean Grant, Michael Scott Gregory, D. Michael Heath, Lon Hoyt, Jane Krakowski, wait a minute, how did I, I put this together myself and I, I completely skipped over Jane Krakowski. Goodness gracious, didn't understand that. Okay, well, I'm learning new things right here in the moment. That was a live moment for you. Mary Ann Lamb, Todd Lester, Frank Mastracola, Andrea McArdle, Sean McDermott, Joey McNeely, Greg Mowry, Gordon Owens, Nicole Picard, Reva Rice, Robert Torty, Angel Vargas, Melanie Vaughn, Mary Windholtz, and rounding out this cast, we have Christina Youngman, Tony Nods. Okay, Starlight Express 1 a Tony Award for Best Costume Design, that went to John Napier, of course. Napier's costumes, I'll just say this, call to mind Hasbro's Transformers franchise, as well as the Dynamo character from Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Running Man. I suppose it would be more accurate to say Dynamo took a cue from Starlight Express, considering the whole timeline of events what came first, what came later, but in any case, the aesthetic is equally captivating and terrifying. The aesthetic of Starlight, I should say. And the show was also nominated for Best Musical, Best Original Score, Andrew Lloyd Webber and Richard Stilgo. Best Featured Actor in a Musical, Robert Torty. Best Lighting Design, David Hersey. Best Choreography, Arlene Phillips. And Best Director of a Musical, Trevor Nunn. So, in total, seven nominations, only one award at the end of the evening. Now, Starlight Express would go on to find enormous international success, particularly in Germany where an incredibly expensive, I think 24 million mark venue was built in Bochum for the express purpose of hosting the show, that production, which opened in 1988, is still running to this day and has been seen by over 17 million people. Now, I say that, but I don't know how it has been affected by the pandemic. I did not confirm if the production is actually, explicitly, literally running, but the whole point is that it is still open. (laughs) It is still open, I believe. I believe. In this moment, I believe. Considering Bokum's Starlight Express Theater and Tokyo's Cats Theater, I have to ask, why doesn't the United States have a venue that is dedicated to a single musical? If I were a billionaire, I would fund the construction of an official Guys and Dolls Theater, where Guys and Dolls would be allowed to run for decades. I would also, of course, feed the hungry and shelter those without homes because if I were a billionaire, I would hope that I would not also be an asshole. The world of Starlight Express, we're talking about the plot now, is overseen by Control, a small child who enjoys playing with their toy trains. As the proverbial curtain rises, Control is preparing for a racing competition that will determine which train is the fastest. The first race is about to begin when Control is sent to bed by their mother. (laughs) The audience is then transported into the child's dreamscape, where each train is granted beautiful, horrifying sentience. The first character we meet is a diesel engine named Greaseball. This motherfucker, ugh, this motherfucker won last year's competition and is still bragging about his victory. Greaseball has a small entourage at his disposal. Tank, lube, company, and, and I hate to say it, but it's just a fact, gook. That's the name of the, that's the name of the last minion. And they love, they love to make fun of our protagonist, Rusty. Why is Greaseball so mean to Rusty? Because Rusty is a steam engine. And everyone knows diesel engines are more powerful than steam engines. Doi, 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 doi. At the behest of control, Rusty retrieves four passenger coaches so they can introduce themselves to the audience. Dinah, the dining car. Ashley, the smoking car. Buffy, the buffet car. And Pearl, the observation car. Once those introductions have been made, Rusty is told to retrieve six freight trucks. Flattop, the brick truck. Dustin, the hopper car, CB, the brake truck, and a trio of box cars known as Rocky One, Rocky Two, and Rocky Three, because they're box cars, box cars, Rocky One, Two, Three. ha! <laughs> After another extended series of introductions, the passenger coaches begin to argue with the freight trucks over who is more important. Well, we carry people. Yes, well, we carry cargo. I'm sure this debate is horribly entertaining to experience live. Wow, it's all happening right in front of my eyes! When control officially opens the competition to all willing entrants, it results in... Even more characters coming on stage to introduce themselves. These trains represent rail systems from various nations. You've got Bobo, the French TGV, Espresso, the Italian Rome to Milan Express, Weltshaft, the German Class 103, Turnov, the Russian Trans-Siberian Express, Hashimoto, the Japanese Shinkansen bullet train, and the city of Milton Keynes, an advanced passenger train from Great Britain. But we're not done yet. Uh, 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 uh. We have a last minute entrant coming around the bend. It's Electra, the electric train. Their philosophy electric trains are far superior to diesel and steam. Wow, what a take, Electra. Like Greaseball, Electra travels with a group of dedicated minions. Crap the Armaments Truck, Wrench, the Repair Truck, Purse, the Money Truck, Volta, the Freezer Truck, and Jewel, the Animal Truck. I hope you're writing all of this down. Here's the thing about the racing competition as it relates to our plot summary. I uh, do not care about the fucking racing competition. I am not going into why certain trains partner up with each other. Or how those alliances fall apart, and I am certainly not going to address the ins and outs of every single race. Like, <laughs> no way, absolutely not. I realize I've been hankering for a more intricate plot line for weeks now, but believe me, you do not want a beat for beat breakdown of this Daffy competition. It would be a stupendous chore for all involved. That said, here's what you should know. Rusty enters the competition and suffers a number of humiliations, all in the name of glory and winning the affections of Pearl. pa pa, pearl the observation car. Rusty loves Pearl, but Pearl does not love Rusty. She's out to find her dream train, and Rusty simply does not fit the bill. While in a state of severe depression, Rusty meets Papa McCoy, an old steam train and former racing champion. Papa encourages Rusty to have faith in a god-like entity by the name of Starlight Express. Believe in the power of the Starlight Express, Rusty. The Starlight Express will never fail you. Sadly, Rusty continues to fail on the track and falls out of the running entirely, Papa enters the competition and does pretty well for himself before breaking down. He asks Rusty to take his place and our hero accepts the offer despite objections from the other racers. Rusty proceeds to suffer any number of additional humiliations before falling into yet another state of severe depression. Suddenly, the Starlight Express appears and makes a stunning proclamation. There is no need for Rusty to seek out the Starlight Express because the Starlight Express has been inside of him all along. We are God. God is within us all. This experience motivates Rusty to return to the track once more. And it's a good thing, too, as the competition is getting out of control. An already manic race devolves into mayhem when Electra tries to zap Greaseball with a bolt of electricity. Greaseball narrowly avoids the blast, and his partner, Pearl, winds up taking the full impact. Greaseball immediately cuts her loose. Sorry, Pearl, but you're dead weight. You're trash. You're useless, but Rusty doesn't believe Papa Pearl is useless. Rusty loves Papa Pearl, and out of the entire company, he's the only train who offers to help her. Pearl is flabbergasted. True, she rejected Rusty so she could race with Greaseball, but that was in the past. Pearl is a better train now, a more mature train, and she has come to love Rusty in return. Rusty wins the competition off stage, from what I can tell. And when Control tries to intervene in his victory lap, the trains tell the kid to fuck off. Fuck off, Control. We control the narrative now. (laughs) Ha ha, irony. The show ends with a celebration of steam-powered trains. Because really, why not? And if you thought our summary took all of the characters into account, you would be wrong. I forgot to mention Memphis Bell, the sleeping car who agrees to race with Rusty at one point. My apologies, Memphis Bell. Please forgive me, Memphis Bell. I would go into all of the characters that have been added and removed for the sake of tours and various international productions, but really, who has the time? Okay, here are a few. Starlight Express on Ice a 1997 touring production, added Canuck, the Canadian engine, and Cesar, the Mexican engine. Espresso Astral, a 1997 Mexico City production, added Carioca, the Brazilian engine, El Pibe, the Argentinian engine, and Conan, the Orient Express. The city of Milton Keynes was rebranded for Broadway as the Prince of Wales and Brexit, the British Rail Royal, for a 2018 30th anniversary staging in Germany. If that sounds nutty, please note that Hashimoto has also gone by Manga and Nintendo. Nintendo. Half of this shit seems made up by Wikipedia pranksters, if you ask me. Speaking of Wikipedia, their plot synopsis, which I used as my reference, is based on the original West End production. The site claims Starlight was heavily revised before premiering on Broadway, but from what I can tell there's only one major difference when it comes to the narrative. In the Broadway version, the trains race across America in the hopes of winning a silver dollar trophy. That seems like a fairly cosmetic change, and so I feel comfortable with the summary we've provided today. I am feeling comfortable. For the purposes of this week's episode, I listened to the 1984 original London cast album of Starlight Express. I listened to the 1987 concept album known as Music and Songs from Starlight Express. This is far and away the best version of Starlight that I listened to this week. It's leaner and more radio-friendly. We will hear quite a bit of it during our score deconstruction, Trust. That album also includes two versions of Engine of Love, the original Earl Jordan track from 1977, which you would have heard earlier, and a heavily revised pop version by Peter Hewlett. Here's a bit of the Hewlett version for those who might be curious. 1993 london revival cast album which is known as the new starlight express and for an album that is known as the new starlight express it is not that new it is not that different Uh, someone made the decision to include a lot more of controls dialogue in this recording and that someone made a mistake let's hear a bit of that (laughs) Yeesh. And then finally I watched the 1987 Tony Awards performance of Only You and Light at the End of the Tunnel. Does anyone else want to poke and prod the actors who are wearing these John Napier costumes? All of those gears and widgets and fobs look squishy and spongy to me, and I would like to poke and prod them. Stand still, Rusty. Hold it, Papa, hold it. The first half of this Tony's performance left me wondering about those who wouldn't have been familiar with Starlight's central premise. Those guys are supposed to be trains? What the fuck are you talking about, Gladys? The second half of the Tony's performance is boring and bad. Considering there is no cast album for the original Broadway production, all of the audio we hear today will be pulled from the 1984 original London cast album. Music and songs from Starlight Express is technically the American recording, but it's a concept album, a studio album, that only provides highlights from the score, and it doesn't feature any of the Broadway actors. As such, it's not a particularly strong Foundational point of reference. And so with that said, London album Ahoy. Yo ho ho.
1: I'm just the fastest thing you'll ever see. That streak of lightning you just crisscrossed me. Don't stop now. You gotta keep it going all night.
0: the years, a lot of people have made a lot of easy jokes at the expense of cats. We've talked about this. My gripe regarding the people who watch cats, they say things like, what's the deal with cats? Can anyone explain the plot of cats? And what the heck is a jellicle cat? Anyway, enough, enough. It's high time we found a new, more deserving target of derision. Might I suggest this week's subject Because let's be real, if Weber wrote Starlight for kids as a way of introducing them to musical theater, as he so often likes to claim, he should not have bothered. We already had Joseph and Cats. Cats may have its problems, but overall it's a much more accessible and entertaining piece of family entertainment. Starlight, by comparison, is a cruel test of endurance. If you can get through the opening number, rolling stock, you might have the strength, you might have the strength to sit through the London album in its entirety. Now, I have no idea if anyone listens to the cast albums before sitting down with the podcast. But if you do, I hope that you refrain from listening to Starlight. Uh, Please, please, I hope that that is true. Please, please, you heard the sample we provided. Rolling Stock is dreadful. Between the mind-numbing lyrics, Dime Store David Bowie vocals, and keyboard settings ranging from planetarium laser show to the interior of a hornet's nest, there isn't a single element I can recommend. Starlight should have never opened with a character song. It doesn't make any sense. Cats understood audiences would need a proper introduction to its world before they could settle in with and be entertained by its characters. Cats doesn't begin with for Jones screaming in your face about how much he loves to eat. It begins with Jellicle Cats. And yes, Jellicle Cats is an overlong bit of table setting, but I respect how it sets a tone and lays down basic ground rules. Hello, we are the Cats. Welcome. Here are some things you should know about us, the Cats. Starlight Express doesn't have that level of patience. If you're confused as to who Greaseball is or what he is or where he comes from, tough shit, fuck you, ketchup hamburger. P.S. Footage of Rolling Stock being performed at the 1987 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is available online, and it is a big bummer. The number should end on a note of explosive energy. Instead, it fizzles like a breath of air escaping from a child's balloon, and the parade audience is visibly underwhelmed. Those guys are supposed to be trains? What the fuck are you talking about, Gladys? We have to feel
1: more. we need to be certain, we need to be sure. A lot of locomotion, that's what we need from a locomotive who can take the lead from the eastern ocean to the western sea locomotion's gonna carry me the locomotion that's what we need if we are Smoke. Buffy at your service. Ever open wide. My microwave is cooking to warm you from inside. A lot of locomotion. We'll do the trick. Come and bite my boygers. I'm hot and cheap and quick.
0: Before I say anything about a lot of locomotion, we need to compare the version we just heard to the one performed by Josie Ayeo on music and songs from Starlight Express.
1: an ocean
0: ...about night and day, am I right? Iao's take on Locomotion is a bubblegum treat that calls to mind Gloria Estefan and or El DeBarge. Fun fact, El DeBarge is also featured on Music and Songs from Starlight Express. Who doesn't enjoy El DeBarge, Ebenezer Scrooge's? That's who. The London recording of Locomotion is wearisome and bizarre. I don't want to hear about Ashley the Smoking Car being filled with tar... And having a stroke, okay? I don't need Buffy the buffet car telling me to bite her burgers. Oh, hey, big boy, why don't you come on over and bite my burgers? I am not biting your burgers, okay, Buffy? Jesus Christ, back off burgers. And why is the ocarina, the ocarina, so loud in the mix? We can afford to back off on the ocarina, the ocarina. It may not be an Ocarina Ocarina, for all I know, could be a piccolo piccolo. See, I'm not that smart. My siblings have been telling me that for years that I'm not smart. We're schooled at home. They see who's bright. It breaks my heart. I'm not that smart.
1: I'm Rocky, there's lots like me. I'm Rocky 2, I'm Rocky 3. The only time we get sick inside is when some bum hitches arrive. We wait for a sharp corner to come and open the door. Bye-bye bum hey. It's Briggs! dog! Who are you looking at? Yeah, there's bricks. What's wrong with that? No, you're right. They don't all match. Yeah, they're heavy. Yeah, catch! Briggs! It's Briggs! Come on, Dustin. I'm the big hopper. I'm not a box. Yeah, your head is full of rocks. They ain't rocks, they're aggregates. And aggregates are really great. Aggregates! I really great. Aggregates never complain. Bricks and mortar, or thicker than water. It's great to be an aggregate train. At the back, on every piece of track, I'm right behind you. Can I be of help at all? Then simply call CB. CB Hello the red caboose would like to be of use to every truck and show the world that freight is great freight
0: Andrew Lloyd Webber has written several musicals for children, and I'm trying to work out the age range for each show's intended audience, demographic. Let's go with this for now. Cinderella is for high schoolers, let's say. School of Rock is for middle schoolers. Cats and Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat are for mid-to-late elementary kiddos. And Starlight Express is for those in early elementary grades. First through third, let's say. Well, what about The Wizard of Oz? Is that really an Andrew Lloyd Webber show? No, it's not. With all of this in mind, I can't see how even the most undiscerning, train-obsessed child would be interested in a song like Freight. Kids tend to have a decent bullshit detector, and Freight reeks of bullshit. I have never heard a more repetitive and humorless song in my life. Freight is great. Freight is great. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, just keep saying that. My children are riding out of boredom, but don't mind them. Just keep saying that. The 93 London Revival album thinks it's getting away with something by having characters mock the song's repetitive nature. Oh, great line, fellas. Did you come up with that all by yourselves? Boring. This song sucks. You can't score points by trashing the material you chose to revive. And these jokes... Who are these jokes supposed to entertain, children? Richard Stilgo must have been half in the bag when he came up with this detritus. I'm Rocky, there's lots like me. I'm Rocky two, I'm Rocky three. The only time we get sick inside is when some bum hitches a ride. We wait for a shop corner to come and open the door. Bye bye, bum. And who could forget Flat Top? Who you looking at? Yeah, that's bricks. What's wrong with that? No, you're right, they don't all match. Yeah, they're heavy. Here catch. Here catch. Is that a punchline Mr. Stillgo? And what is your problem with bums? Ew, bums. Yeah, fuck off. That joke, that joke survived long enough to appear on the 93 Revival album. I hope we're still not telling that joke because it fucking sucks. Have Heard this in the clip we provided because I like all of you and would prefer that you keep listening to the podcast. But ACDC begins with a solid 40 seconds of synthesized gobbledygook. It sort of sounds like Electra, run! Electra, space! Electra, look out! Hey, listen, Electra! I should not have to listen to a second of that, much less 40 but you have to hand it to Stilgo, you really do. He had zero working knowledge of electric trains and he wrote about him anyway. I am electric, I'm a computer. Don't attempt to keep no secrets from me. If you make me bored, I hit my keyboard. You'll be erased from my memory. Nothing is better than I am electric, I'm a computer. Oh, you are, are you? You're a train that's also a computer and you have a keyboard and you're threatening to kill me if I keep secrets from you? Fair enough, Electra. Unsurprisingly, the Josie Aiello cover of ACDC from Music and Songs from Starlight Express is better than the original. The rhythm is less halting, and Aiello makes it clear the song should have always been sung by a woman. Let's hear it. Yes, 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 I'm a computer. Beep boop, bop, beep boop. All right. Next up, an instrumental track, The Race. Difficult for me to compliment Starlight Express because Starlight Express is an annoying show for dumb babies. But I will say this, the race has a marginally thrilling Chuck E. Cheese arcade cabinet quality. I can see how it would get kids excited for the show's central gimmick, that being the indoor roller skating races. Uh, Did I not mention John Napier's set design involved enormous lengths of track that extended into the audience? My bad. I bet indoor skate racing would be fun to watch for, what, five minutes? There's quite a bit of racing in Starlight, and I suspect the novelty would wear off fairly quickly, but I could be wrong. Perhaps it's positively Hypnotizing. Is there a better version of this theme, this race theme, on the music and songs from Starlight Express album? Absolutely. Can we hear that too? Sure. <laughs> Also, there's at least one version of the race theme that has a distinct Lay All Your Love On Me vibe, but I can't remember which one it is. It's probably either the London Album or the 93 London Album, and I refuse to figure it out at this late stage. I simply felt the need to put it on the record. It's subtle, but you get a little bit of that down, bow, wow, 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 sound. Was that annoying? Probably. The core melody line from There's Me should be instantly recognizable to anyone familiar with Weber's body of work. It reappeared on the West End just two years after Starlight's premiere via The Phantom of the Opera and what is arguably that show's most famous song, Think of Me. Let's hold the two songs next to each other and hear the resemblance for ourselves, shall we? Uh Uh-oh, Mr. Shall We has made yet another appearance. all alone. You think you're on your own. You think there's no one in the world who cares for you. That isn't true. There's me. I can never remember if Weber is ripping himself off or someone else, but rest assured, this is not the only comparison I'll be making this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, first line of the blues Is always sung a second time You hear me talking, rockin'? I think the first line of the blues a second time So by the time you get to the third line You've had time to think of a rhyme Uh, Ain't no law that says Third line Gotta be different at all Oh, you're looking good, Rocky You're looking good
0: with my little eye a Mr. Richard Stilgo oh Dickie hello dear boy it's me Andrew Lloyd Webber we're working on this train musical I'm the one writing all of the tralalas and the tralalos Yes, well, it's a smashing bit of luck that I should run into you like this, don't you know? I had a brainwave on the song we've been writing for Papa McCoy, Papa's Blues, yes, exactly. I was thinking that instead, instead of composing a song about Papa as a character, you know, his personal philosophy, his dreams, his emotional state of being, all of that boring claptrap. I was thinking we could use his introduction as an opportunity to make fun of the blues. Wouldn't that be a smash and a half? I mean, really, the blues... Boring. Predictable. No one's been brave enough to say it until now, Dickie. (laughs) Dickie, until now. Look, I have to run. Enjoy your early afternoon salad luncheon with what I assume is your wife and or mother. Ciao, Dickie. Goodbye. (laughs) Trains, rap, or what two pasty British men consider a general approximation of rap as much as the next idiot. I don't. I'm joking. This material is a punishment. But you can't sit there and tell me this isn't a direct lift from the Music Man's Rock Island. You can talk, you can talk, you can bicker, you can talk, you can bicker,
1: bicker, bicker, you can talk, you can talk, you can talk, 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 bicker, 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 you can talk all you want, but it's different than it was. No, it ain't, no, it ain't. But you got to know the territory. Shh, 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 shh why is the model t ford made the trouble made the people want to go want to get want to get want to get up and go 7 8 9 10 12, 14 22 23 miles to the county seat yes sir yes sir what's he's gonna, gonna race no he ain't no he ain't who say i say he ain't gonna race but i want one to race
0: Rock Island is arguably a better example of early rap than anything Andrew Lloyd Webber and his compatriots ever wrote. They don't know the territory. Who are you talking to? Who's that talking to you? It's Electra. Oh yeah, what you got going there? He gave me a call, I talked to them all. Just remember who's are on.
1: So I'm on the mind.
0: Want you to know I'm gonna wipe out Rusty You, the Red Caboose? Hey, shh, turn down the juice Just cause I smile all the time One of a few freight trucks who are introduced throughout freight, a number we discussed earlier in the episode, if you'll recall. During that initial appearance, CB is nothing but sun, shine, and lollipops. At the back on every piece of track, I'm right behind you. Can I be of help at all? Then simply call CB. The Red Caboose would like to be of use to every truck and show the world that freight is great. He seems like a nice guy overall, chipper, eager to please. Yeah, here's the lowdown on CB. He's a murderer and a domestic terrorist, and this solo is his confession. Just because I smile all the time doesn't mean I'm not into crime. Under the smiles, under the fun, I'm public enemy number one. Tell me, Clarice, when you see the news on your TV, rail disaster, did you ever wonder why the train was getting faster? It's funny. Every time the red caboose takes the train, it seems to lose its braking shoes, and no one can explain. Don't look so surprised, Clarice. You're not on the farm anymore. Someone wrecked number 97. Someone crossed the bridge over the river Kwai. It's just that nobody cared to look for me. Well, you have me, Clarice. And now you have to ask yourself, what are you going to do with old CB? Choo-choo. Choo-choo. Choo-choo.
1: Us a visit. It's the chill It is it shut it. I was cheated. No point in complaining, Rusty. Saying that the system's me. To keep us down, a fighting dirty. You won't be it if you fight back me. Once maybe you play a hunch. And make it with the lucky punch. At the right time, in the right place. Rest of the time, look out for your face. They won't give you the chance again. Just sit quiet at the back of the train. I'm Rocky the box car. There's lots like me. I'm Rocky two. I'm Rocky three. Let's do it, man. Check it out. If I had the chances, if I had the brakes
0: Regarding Right Place, Right Time, one of the few Starlight songs that manages to be quirky without embarrassing everyone involved. It's a catchy number. I like it well enough. And there's a slight possibility I'm being needlessly suspicious, but the whole thing reminds me of the Sugar Hill Gang's Rapper's Delight.
1: Now what you hear is not a test, I'm rapping to the beat. And me, the groove, and my friends are gonna try to move your feet. You see, I am Wonder Mike and I like to say hello. Up to the black, to the white, the red, and the brown, to the purple, and yellow. But first, I gotta bang, bang, the boogie to the boogie, say up, jump, the boogie to the
0: boogie. I'm pretty sure I'm not crazy, especially when you consider one of the Rocky box cars can be heard saying a hip hop, a hippity hop. I'm pretty sure a hip hop, a hippity hop belongs to the sugar hail gang, Rocky. A star. Starlight is sort of a blast. I'm not saying it's an iconic showstopper that rises above its miserable source material, but that line is very nearly crossed, and I admire the big-hearted pluck that's on display here. If the song wasn't any good, would I have sung it several times while driving like a maniac in my 1991 Pontiac Grand Am? The one with the cassette deck and the soggy carpeting and the air conditioner that was more like a dry ice machine? Of course not. I had taste. Peter Cetera solo albums, the 1989 Batman soundtrack, music and songs from Starlight Express. This is the music that got me through college and arguably prevented me from getting laid. But seriously, if you don't feel even the tiniest spark of joy when Rusty sings, I can achieve anything, that big pop on anything, you're probably dead. I'm always saying that if you don't feel this way when this thing happens, then you're basically a walking corpse. Who do I think I am, anyway? God? The Starlight Express? That does it for our score deconstruction. And now, we're gonna hear from our sponsors, 5678 Coffee. Take it away, 5678. Come on in. What y'all looking for? What you, how many we got in this group over here? Okay, we got a group of four. Well, hi there. A group of four. You all want a booth or like a high top? You want to be at the counter? Let's get you a booth. Come on now. Come on over here. My name's Prudy. Uh, my name is Prudy. Hello. And this is my sister, of course, Red. Hello. It's me, Come And we, you know, we're sisters, Prudy and Red And I. this is Prudy talking and now Red is talking. Ah, oh, that's true. We're all sisters and we just run this coffee. We run this coffee and, and lunch and diner ourselves, yes we do it's all our very own we love each other, we are sisters and we are so happy to have you here sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down now here's the menu, a big big plastic laminator menu for you this is Prudy talking and now I'm talking Redder, now I'm talking now and I just want to take you, I could take them through the menu, Prudy Redder I could take them through the Prudy Retta menu too, Prudy Retta. here's where all of our meatloaves are and then here's our pies of course, and of course our coffee you heard me talking about the coffee a second ago. This is me, Prudy, talking. And now it's me, Rudy. Rudy Retta, Prudy Retta. Hey, how y'all doing? We're sisters. I just wanted to point out this coffee myself, if I could do that, Retta. If I could do that, Prudy, that would be fantastic, actually. I'm going to talk over you. This is the coffee. Now, we only have one brand of coffee at this time. That's right, Prudy. That's right, Retta. We have five, six, seven, eight coffee because it is just... It's going to fill your belly with that warm feeling. It's going to give you the in the pants, you need to get through this, the rest of this vacation, y'all on vacation, I thought you were, I thought they were too, well, I thought at first, I don't know if you did, see, here's the thing, we're sisters, but we don't like each other, we're not friends, we run this restaurant, now, you four seem like you like each other, that's nice, one day that love might die, it might curdle on the vine, it might, it might straight up expire, like a gallon of milk in the fridge, our milk is not expired, add some milk to your coffee, why not, Bruni? what are you doing, I'm just picking up this now for no reason, right, don't you worry about me, Reddit Prudy. I'm not worried about you, Redder Prudy. The thing is, you can just all be here together drinking this coffee. Isn't that nice? You should appreciate the fact that you have this bond, this union. Drink the goddamn coffee. We're bringing you some free coffee. Five, six, seven, eight coffee. You can count on it, and I can count on my sister Prudy putting that fucking knife down. Put that fucking knife down, Prudy. Reddit. Redder Prudy. Don't you tell me to put that knife down. I'll run fifty percent of this diner just like you do. I'll run it too. Oh, we go to fight now. Final thoughts regarding Starlight Express. Almost forgot the name of the show. <laughs> I mean, I already said it, but I'll say it again. Starlight Express is an annoying show for dumb babies. Goo goo And it has no doubt made more money for Andrew Lloyd Webber than I could make in 10 lifetimes. He could buy and sell my hairy bubble ass with Starlight residuals, no doubt about it. I miss pump boys and dinettes. We had it good last week. We had it good and we had no idea. Now, in 1987, the winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical was Les Miserables, and the additional nominees that season were Me and My Girl and Rags. I think it's safe to say that Les Miserables deserved to win the Tony Award for Best Musical compared to all of these other shows. I believe Rags, I think I've said this before, I know Rags has some level of a cult following, a good reputation. For all I know, it's a hidden gem that I'll love, a la Amour. Let's rank Starlight Express against all of the other musicals we've talked about here. Unfortunately, Starlight Express, you are going to be sitting at number 72. Number 72, between Avenue Q at number 71 and Miss Saigon, which sits at the very bottom of our list at number 73. So, Avenue Q, Starlight Express, Miss Saigon, get to know each other, your neighbors now. And of course, if you ever want to take a look at all of this, all all of the shows that we have ranked against each other, if you want to look at that ranking, go to twitter.com slash musicalmanpod, go to our like section, click on the Google sheet, go to the second tab, that's where the ranking is, Show related ephemera, I'm just going to describe a couple of clips I found online. The audio is not worth your time. I found a commercial for the original 1993 Las Vegas production of Starlight Express, which ran at the Las Vegas Hilton. Very, very strange commercial. It comes off like an episode of amazing stories. It kind of comes off like an old Amblin, Steven Spielberg, or Zemeckis picture. It's got this lightly creepy tone to it where this old, this elderly bald gentleman is running a small little train platform, and we keep seeing other people throughout the commercial. We see a fighter pilot. We see a woman with her child. I believe we see some people who are homeless next to a barrel that's on fire, and these, (laughs) the characters, from the musical keeps speeding past them but it's really fast you can barely understand what is actually happening these very sharp harsh cuts that fly by you and you hear the scraping of metal and the really unsettling roar of these trains it's like they're a fucking monster that is like they are death incarnate and they are coming to take us away to hell and at the end of the commercial the elderly bald gentleman who runs the train platform. is is presumably run over by this force, this train force. He is overtaken, he is run over, and he is taken away. (laughs) He vanishes from the commercial. And I was... (laughs) I was low-key disturbed by that commercial, and then the other clip I found, which I definitely don't want to play for you, is a joke, a joke, from Family Guy, season 8, episode 12, the name of that episode is Extra Large Medium, and all you need to know about this joke, it's one of the laziest Family Guy jokes I've ever seen in my fucking life, There is some stupid setup where they essentially say to Peter, the titular family guy, they say, oh, Peter, this is a lot more fun than what you dragged us to last Thursday. And Peter Griffin, in classic Peter Griffin fashion, says, hey, if I'm going to be the star of a production of Starlight Express, I want my family to be there to support me. Smash cut to Peter in a full Starlight Express train outfit Rolling around on skates saying Starlight Express, Starlight Express, Starlight Express He says Starlight Express a good 15 times And then at the end, he just takes off his helmet and he he throws it on the ground in frustration and says Starlight Express Meh, it's not a joke. I fucking hate Family Guy. The fact that I watched as much of it as I did As a high school student, really bums me out. What a piece of shit show. To determine which show we discuss next, we'll need to take a ride on the musical carousel, otherwise known as the random number generator I named after that classic Rodgers and Hammerstein show, Beefsteak. Everyone ready? Then away we go. Alrighty, we have landed in the year 1974. This was the winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical back in 1974. It ran for 847 performances, and the name of the production is Raisin. So Raisin is going to be our next subject, and the episode on Raisin will be released on October 7th, as I'm going to be taking a week off from the main feed. I want to focus on our next episode of M3, The Movie Musical Man, before going into uh, we're going to get real busy between the main feed and the Patreon feed because we are ready to go when it comes to starting a production of all i ask of you season 2 so that's that's what you need to know the the raisin episode will drop on october 7th go to patreon.com/musicalmanpod to find out how you can support the show financially as a reminder 100% of every monthly payout is donated to the black lives matter organization you can donate 135 or 10 Dollars a month. If you donate $1 a month, you get the following. You get early Monday access to episodes that are normally released on Wednesday. You get a verbal shout-out each and every week. Thank you so much for donating at least $1 a month. Jared, Eli, David, Dave, Christopher, Neil, Brian, Robin, Liz, Carrie, Maddie, Jonathan, Mark S, Rob, Shauna, Shiante, Roberto, Jordan, Ashley, Chris, JC, Jenna, Aaron, Lily, Haley, Brandon, Brad, Matt, Zach, and Marisol. You also get bonus episodes regarding the 73rd Annual Tony Awards, the trailer for the film Cats, ABC's The Little Mermaid Live, a review of the film Cats, a review of the stage musical Emma, a review of Take Me to the World, a Sondheim 90th birthday celebration, and a review of Hamilton via Disney+. Plus, Coming October 21st, our episode on Documentary Now, original cast album, co-op. And coming November 18th, our episode on John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, which I'm actually recording right now after this session is over. It's true, but we're not done. You also get season one, 12 episodes of Radio Boy and access to monthly episodes of M3, The Movie Musical Man. And as a reminder, coming September 30th is our episode on the Tune Trilogy. M3, The Movie Musical Man, I should say. If you've never heard me talk about this before, I don't see how that's possible. That is a special series for which I watch trilogies of movie musicals that are tied by a common theme. And the theme for September is The Tune Trilogy. So, we're going to be talking about gay paris, Anastasia, and ugly dolls. It's true. It's true. It's all true. Now, let's say you donate $3 a month. You get everything I've already mentioned, plus a musical shout-out in the style of a character, actor, or composer of your choosing. You also get season one, 10 episodes of Wildcats Everywhere, our series on Disney's high school musical franchise, and also now available, our special, our one-off special on the Netflix Kenny Ortega series, Julie and The Phantoms. Let's move up to the $5 tier, where you get everything I've already mentioned, plus you get to stop the musical carousel and determine what show I discuss on the podcast. You also get season 1, 12 episodes of All I Ask of You, an advice show hosted by The Phantom of the Opera. Again, as a reminder, we are going to be producing season 2 of All I Ask of You in the very near future, and the first episode of season 2 will drop Wednesday, October 7th, in the $5 a month feed. But you also get access to our Broadway in Chicago reviews and Shout About It, Volume 1, a collection of 5, 6, 7, 8 ads and musical shoutouts that were featured in the first 25 episodes of the show. Finally, if you donate $10 a month, you get everything I've already mentioned. Plus, you get access to Season 1, 12 episodes of The Snub Club, a series dedicated to Broadway musicals that were never nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical. If you're listening to the show via Apple Podcast, please take a moment to write a 5-star review. If we get, this is our new goal post, if we get to 65 star reviews, I will release a special episode dedicated to Disney's Zombies franchise. We currently have 32 five star reviews so please take a moment to write up a nice five star review. Help us to get to that new goal post. You can also listen to the show via Spotify, Stitcher and Podbean, musicalmanpod.podbean.com Follow us on Twitter at musicalmanpod and email me at musicalmanpod MusicalmanPod at gmail.com. Thanks as always to Patty and Benny, Alex Green for our beautiful logo, and Zach Little for our fabulous music. Oh, but you know what that sound means? Yes, just when the fun is starting comes the time for parting. Oh well, we'll catch up some other time, specifically on the next episode of The Musical Man. So long, farewell, Wiedersehen, and good night.